and welcome to the Wrestling Headlines AEW review as I immediately see myself peak on my audio. Well done me, I did that way too loud. <laughs> uh, my name is Matt Mayer aka Imp and I'm joined by One Nation Radio's James Boyd once again. How are you doing James? I'm doing good. I thought that was a really, really good show last night with uh, with you know a great match, a very great match, and another match that was also damn good. So um, it's a lot different from the last time I was on the show. Definitely. Oh yes, <laughs> last time James was here, we had to actually talk a bit negatively about AEW, which is that's super rare. Then yeah, yeah, kinda. it's it's nice to once again be back in the warm embraces of a competent wrestling show <laughs> also because it is Royal Rumble week I have been watching WWE a little bit um, when it was on uh, when I had uh, Vance Morris on from Cheshot Radio on Tuesday to do uh, the, the bad and the ugly state of WWE and AEW um, mm-hmm. one of the things I was saying is how the WWE product just doesn't engage me and I was like aside this is the worst week to be saying this because it's Royal Rumble week so it's the one week I am engaged <laughs> quite actively <laughs> it's the most I'm on the WWE network as I'm watching old Rumbles <laughs> so it uh, was not the week to be saying that <laughs> it was like no 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 oh, yeah yeah normally not engaged just ignore this week when I'm really I always get excited for Rumble anyway but with AEW it was it was it was quite cathartic to do the show with Vance because as we're talking about all the negatives getting them off of our chests just and just to see the future because when you do that you realise they are making quite big steps forward and this show is another step for me especially in the gradual crowning and putting over of their four pillars slowly getting there the gradual rise of Adam Cole from the criticism I've seen before so they're not using him and doing anything with it and I'm just like I swear they're building to him versus Page at Revolution. Am I blo- Is it just me? <laughs> I feel like that's directly what they've been doing, but because they're not, you know, saying it, or they're not interacting every single week, it doesn't jump. Like, no, they've told you he's number one on the list, and he's facing Lance Archer. What do you think happens next? <laughs> they've told you what you need to know that is going to happen. And same with Sammy versus Cody, where they told you enough that you probably it was pretty blatant that Sammy was going to win, but did it in such a way where. You could Cody it, <laughs> so I love the I love the doubt. <laughs> you, you you tell us you're going to do it, but then then you put a bit of doubt in there, even though you have told us. <laughs> but you put a, you just sow that doubt, sow that doubt. We are going to be talking about the ladder match first, because yes, I know Danhausen is doing numbers. We'll get to Danhausen next. <laughs> He's it's crazy. Like his, I think his debut has got more numbers on the AW channel than Sammy's cutter, <laughs> which is. <laughs> That says everything for a guy where the convert the other conversation wow. has been like who why is this who's this Danhausen and such a conversation building off of well why are they bring in a guy like that when you got so many amazing talents who are about to become available within the next few days and then you use Danhausen in the spot and I was just like do realize we're talking this much about a guy who was hiding under the ring holding a chair and then pulled a face and disappeared and you're getting this much reaction from it <laughs> like. For me, that is the genius of Dan Housen. Um, maybe genius is a bit strong. <laughs> the evil genius of Dan Housen. The very nice, very evil genius. <laughs> That's it. That's it right there. Yeah, evil right. genius. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just get ready for him. If you've not watched Ring of Honor, and you've not seen him on the indies, get ready. I, 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 for me, I love a bit of fun and a bit of comedy in my wrestling. And uh, Dan Housen brings a lot of fun. He's so quick-witted. <laughs> it's, he's... He'd be somebody proposed the idea of him on commentary for Rampage alongside Taz. <laughs> I was just like, oh, that'd be amazing. Oh my god, 
I'd love that. <laughs> like, because Taz ain't a hater, like, mm. if Taz were a hater, it would work out better because he'd just be a curmudgeon. Like, I would want to see, I don't want to see Dan Housen, like, it'd be cool because Taz can make anything work. Uh, but the idea of te- of Danhausen and Jim Ross is better because Jim Ross is a hater. Yeah, and Jim Ross <laughs> is an old curmudgeon, old guy. Like Taz, like whatever works is whatever works, man. Um, so so yeah, I, I, I wish you that would uh, that would be hilarious. It would be hilarious. And it's oh yeah, it's awesome. I realized I said we we're gonna talk about Sammy, then we I just mentioned Danhausen and we just couldn't stop. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to. It. So the ladder match uh, in. With the question of, was this the greatest cutter we've ever seen? For me, it's a spot where I've, you see similar kind of try as they try to escalate what they can do in the ladders. But this time, the ladders played ball. They could actually do it. Both men were pretty damn sturdy on top of those ladders, able to springboard off properly. Uh, Cody also making it look amazing as well. The timing was perfect. The flights that we got, the talk and the spin, it just, oh my word, it just looked absolutely incredible. And uh, even Casual saw it because I think it might be because Barstool put a thing out just going, oh my God, what an amazing cutter. And then you just see the reactions of non-wrestling fans going, what an RKO. Oh, what an amazing RKO. And uh, you know what? People are are enjoying it. I'm I'm not going to nerd out. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) This is an absolutely amazing spot. Uh, What did you make of the cutter, James? I thought it was great. Um, I thought it was one of the best, like, RKO cutters, whatever you want to call it. I, I still, um, I, the execution of it is what made, put it over the top for me more mm-hmm. than, like, the setup. Because, like, once I saw the once I saw the way the ladder set up, I was like, oh, he's going to, like, leap and do a cutter off of that. And that's exactly what he did. But, like, the way it, the way that it looked was so spectacular still. Um, so, like, when people, you know, like, you, like you're doing, like, is the greatest cutter ever? I mean, it's definitely in discussion. I think the one for me that would always hold out for me because it came, so came out of so, basically out of nowhere so much, literally, because of Orton, is, like, the the WrestleMania 31 one with, uh, where he basically, where he turns the Seth Rollins curb stomp in the mm-hmm. opener into the pop-up, um, RKO, like, I, that, that, that floored me for, like, <laughs> days. I could not believe <laughs> And I, I, quite honestly, like that's the last great WrestleMania we've we've, we've had since. So it's <laughs> like I I, hold, I held it in like such a like a, a a bit of a nostalgic charm to it as well. But yeah, as far as like the love, but the level of difficulty, like they're both very high because like he has to get there. You know, the the apparatus and the ladders were so tall, and uh, where the uh, by apparatus I mean like the thing that's holding the belts. Uh, is so like close to the middle ladder and everything like you know like earlier in the match you had the the superplex um, where his where Sammy's leg ends up clipping that thing so like there's a bunch of moving parts in it that add to the level of difficulty so like it was it was absolutely sensational it really was uh, it's one of the best spots you're going to see all year and to say that there there were so many other crazy spots like the first bump off the ladder was a superplex and it was executed perfectly right. felt brutal yep there was also the crossroads off of the ladder as well. Uh, Sammy Guevara yep. wisely not doing the Ibushi bump. Ibushi would have landed. <laughs> We've seen him take the crossroads from an elevated height. <laughs> that absolutely crazy man would have made it look absolutely devastating. It's, st- it's still an insane bump to be taking, given what you got to be doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah, I mean, he, I mean, got to think what what it, what Sammy's doing in this situation. Like he's leaning back and he's twirling off of a ladder. And, he, and the way that Cody and Sammy are both leaning where the ref is on the other side, like, you know, uh, the ladder, 
they, you know, the way that the ref has to spot the ladder also ties into whether or not like they over rotate or under rotate as well. Like, so yeah, it was, it was, that was also a crazy button to take when you're also blind and you don't know uh, where you, when you're going to fall when impact is necessarily coming. It was just also like why it was so crazy that Sammy took that uh, in the stadium stampede took that one wing angel off the top of the tunnel mm. uh, through Jag, Jaguar Stadium through the mat because like it's like you can say yeah he's cushioned but like. He's facing up towards the sky. He doesn't know what impact is actually coming. He just has to hope and pray and be braced for like seconds, <laughs> a bunch of terrifying mm. seconds. So yeah, like it was um same thing here because like that's not no you know no inflatable thing that he's falling through. Like it, it's wood and with padding over the top of it. So it was yeah. you know, Sammy super impressive and a daredevil and a crazy person definitely. And the uh, the big drop as well where Sammy got the biggest ladder in the arena, climbed up about twelve feet and slowly dove off for a senton, and as he flips round, ladder ladder no breaky breaky, just completely talks him round. <laughs> it's like, my God. <laughs> that looked painful as hell. Just a whiplash on that. <laughs> you point. know what that was, right? Yes. <laughs> you, know, you know how people... Ism. The ism. <laughs> Definitely. I can't do anything. Uh... I'm holding hot chocolate. <laughs> it's, just... <laughs> it's a cold... It's a so, cold British night. So... <laughs> so... Uh, you know, we saw him do that in the match with uh, the Inner Circle versus American Top Team in mm. um, uh, uh, what is it called? Uh, what's well, I can't remember. Scorpio and Pages, Ethan Pages uh, team is I forgot oh, the name. Men of the, of the year. year, Men of the Year. That's right, Men of the Year. So uh, he did that there. Uh, so I thought, you know, once he actually did the senton, I was actually relieved because I thought that Cody was going to roll out the way. Uh-huh. And he was gonna eat. He was gonna eat nothing but ladder. And again, I was like, "You're insane!" Because <laughs> he loves doing stuff with la- on, on top of ladder bridges, like the uh, you know multiple matches with uh, or a couple of matches with Darby from uh, beginning of 2020. You know, he did 450s off of the top rope through a ladder bridge, or on on top of Darby on a ladder bridge. So it's like he does, he likes doing spots on, on on ladder bridges. So um, I thought he was gonna elevate himself and try to break his neck, and I'm glad he did not. <laughs> mm, yes, 100. percent Because one thing that I took from this match was. They weren't. They didn't like immediately jump in with the ante high as hell. Like they weren't diving at each other from the go. Like we started off with a relatively lengthy sequence of wrestling in a ladder match. Uh, then that escalated into more of a walk and brawl, and then they got into the ring and hit the superplex. Like every one of these spots, it wasn't like bang, 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 car crash showcase. Everyone was earned and built from one thing to the other. They gave time for each one to kind of the pain for it to get over, for them to go for the next climb and attempt or whatever. Like, it wasn't a while until we got our first ladder spot. Or just even just for someone to be hit by a ladder. It took like five, seven minutes. It wasn't until after the brawl where someone got hit by a ladder, never mind doing your first spot on it. And personally, I really like that. Especially for a singles match. It just, everything became deserved rather than, it's a ladder match, let's get into the crazy spots. Like, no. Right, right. Mm. And you know, there's always multiple ways to do it, but I kind of I tend to like the ones that are mostly like the the action the action escalates to and then the violence escalates and the spots escalate and then then you get a winner, um, as opposed to like, you know, like let's forget the first part and just go straight to act two and we're basically doing act two for like the first you know uh, two thirds of the match. Like you kind of get tired because there's only so many times you can do car crash spots and. And violence with with the same weapon over and over before you get tired. Like I remember, I know I know it's Jim Cornette. Uh, Jim <laughs> Cornette it has outdated views on life and society and pro wrestling, uh, but he does have some truisms. And it, and one of them is like, 
you use a weapon, you get about a certain number of them, and then after that is diminishing returns. I think he said with like kendo sticks or chairs, mm. like seven strikes or whatever. So like when you save the, the latter spots for the you know for half for the last half as opposed to like get straight into it, if it it makes it more worthwhile. And you know I I thought they did a great job with it. Like I think it's so I think it's easily easily the second best match in AEW so far this year. Like um, yeah uh, I think I to be honest with you. This is my. I think this is Cody's best match in AEW. I know people mm. gasp. I know people gasp and say it's blasphemy <laughs> to, to say otherwise for the um, to say not the Cody, Cody match with his brother Dustin where doesn't bleed buckets. But like that didn't grab me or entertain me in that way. Like it was. A, I thought that was a great wrestling match that had uh someone you know bleed buckets in it. I didn't really. I didn't really. I really wasn't concerned that much for uh Dustin's well being in that way. Like I know it's fake. Get up. But. Um, <laughs> But uh, with this one, like I, I, I tip my head off to him. This is the reason why, like Cody, always frustrates me so much because, like, I I know there's a good wrestler in there, but I think that he likes to put so much, you know, goofiness into his matches that, like, he always finds he always messes up the the, the equation. Like, he puts too much in there, like you know, a dash too much, or mm. or the whole a half a bottle too much of the stuff, and it's sometimes can be can be a disaster. But uh, this one, like, he he was able to hold, show, show some restraint, like. He only had one nonsensical run in this time with Fuego. Outside of that, you know, pitch perfect. That mm. was unnecessary, but it was only one, and we were able to get past that. But also, um, I, was, I was I was going to talk about the the kind of a Fuego moment, and maybe like this match overall. A sunny moment when you brought Fuego. Uh, Thunder Rosa posted a picture of um, it was her with the pose. Uh, 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 popping her butt out, turning around in fishnets. Uh, but next to it's Fuego del Sol also doing that. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> really got <Wow>. me. <laughs> just, just scrolling through Twitter, and I was like, "Is that Fuego?" <laughs> it just really made me laugh. Anyway, um, yeah, I thought uh, the Fuego spot for me. Um, it's a nice little kind of just to make sure Sammy definitely gets the massive cheer, and Cody starts slowly to get more and more boost throughout the match. Just have him beat up the friend. <laughs> it's just uh, and. I don't know if it's like a small character moment as well as he's more willing to do a more out and out heel thing in a match as in he's not heel but when push comes to shove he will do the thing as he starts to feel more and more desperate <laughs> in that attempt to win I mean I guess but like ultimately like Cody did nothing wrong like it's a no <laughs> DQ match he <laughs> used the ladder on Sammy's leg because Sammy's do using his mm. legs to kick his ass so he, he's cutting him mm. off like it's a legal ladder match and then <laughs> Frago comes out and, and gets involved in it to stop the action I'm like yeah Cody kick his ass get the fuck out of here he has nothing he did nothing wrong Cody <laughs> look Cody Cody has done lots of bad baby mm. face stuff over over the time where it's like why would you need to do that but like it's babyface versus babyface in, you know, whatever. Mm. He's the bigger babyface. He's bullying the smaller guy, which is what got Darby over to start. He's doing the same thing with Sammy. And to be quite honest with you, like, Cody, uh, middleweight uh, bully is, like, the best Cody so far in AEW. Like, he's tapping into that. Fuego comes out for no reason. Yeah, kick his ass. Get him the fuck out of here. <laughs> I'm with it. Like, Cody did nothing wrong. He did nothing wrong in this situation. <laughs> Judo Master comes Arn flying. Arn should have got the Glock. <laughs> Arn should have got the Glock. <laughs> uh, swat the Judo Master with a crowbar. <laughs> if you get the reference, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was an absolutely amazing ladder match. Um, high on the crazy, low on the antics, which kind of feel like really helps when it comes to a Cody match. And 
I mean, technically, I could put the same... I think that for me, that's why the Andrade match, as much as I enjoyed it, with the flaming table in it, as much as I enjoyed that, there was also the antics in there. And that was yeah. that was very high on the crazy, but also high on the antics. And <laughs> I feel like if this was yeah. a much better balance. And, yes, and, and the antics in that flaming table spot like mate had nothing to do with anything. Like, why is Brandy here? Why is Brandy setting mm-hmm. a fire? What 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 happened between Andrade and Cody to escalate to where this match needs a flaming table? Like they've wrestled, <laughs> they touched each other like twice ever. Yeah. <laughs> no one no one got no one's family got beat up. No one's uh teammates got beat up. It was just it was, you know, kinda odd that he just went straight to that. <laughs> but he was in that, yeah. you know, love me mode, so I'll you know, I'll go mm. to the flaming table It's like I prefer if you didn't. <laughs> look, at your back. look at his back now. Yeah, his back, back is perfectly yeah. like that. Mm. And I w- I w- it was one of those moments for me where I was I was just extremely hyped just to see a flaming table. I almost didn't mind the context. <laughs> I was like, this is a flaming table on TNT television. <laughs> like, this is awesome. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, absolutely incredible opener to the show, and like a high point on the show because I feel like a, there was a lot of expectation oh, yeah. for the main event, where in the sense of even though there isn't a lot of hype going into it storyline wise, it's a light like, out match, and AEW have really protected these matches to the point That's true. where they make sure you know these aren't just no DQ matches. This is a lights out match, and you've, we've come to expect certain things with lights out. And that's probably why this match didn't hit that well for a lot of people. Because it wasn't anywhere near that bar. It wasn't anywhere near as violent. Yeah, there was Orange Cassidy get his hand kicked in by the steps and there was the blood there. But there was never... It wasn't an escalation as violence as we've seen in Lights Outs before. The stunts became more dangerous, as we've seen in other <laughs> Cole matches in the past. The ending of... Uh, amazing ending of Orange Cassidy hugging Cole with a, we're going down together, buddy, <laughs> just dragging him down, <laughs> which I, I really enjoyed that final spot. <laughs> uh, just, if, if Adam Cole's going to lose his first singles match in any way, <laughs> just like, no, what, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, th- I thought it was, um, I, I watched it twice now. Uh, hmm. So my first, my first viewing, I thought like, Yes, it's a good match. I'm kind of bored, and then you know they have their run-ins, like mm. you know. Um, uh, but I was like, I, I was, I was kind of bored at bits, right? Um, like basically from the time you get to, um, I want to say by the time you get to the 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 metal cup that spiked with the oh, lace yes. with a uh, thumbtacks, kind of where like right before then I kind of was like, you know, all right, we're going to close the stretch, but all right, but yeah. So the second time watching it, like it's a better match on rewatch. Uh, but yeah, like I'm somewhere like in the you know three and a half range. And be quite honest with you, like when I think of like specialty matches and death matches or no DQ match, whatever you want to call them, like the, an average match is like is like a four and a half match when you have those kind of stipulations. Mm-hmm. So like uh, you know, Adam Cole in Orange Cassidy, like I think they're good, like leaving it where it is right now. And like, um, you know, the feud was already won. Uh, by Cole in the s- much the same way that like uh, the Jericho and MJF uh, feud argument won by MJF where like he they've wrestled multiple times he won all of them but one the babyface wins the last one they can move on and it's kind of you know nice in that way they, have, they tie the bow on and then go back to it if they want to but uh, I, I kind of like the way they do this in AEW with, with like uh, a, when they want to you know um, protect a heel because they have more plans for him they just have to reheat him up have to take the one loss like MJF's really good at that, where he takes like one loss or two losses all year, and he always rebounds because like he's about to get back everything he lost. 
so yeah, um, the the hug. Adam Cole is ridiculous. Like <laughs> he gets hugged. He he looks up. He realizes that he's being hugged, and then all of a sudden you see his his arms and his yeah, arms like his arms get like he's being handcuffed. And I was yeah. like, that's not that's not how that's not how bear hugs work, Adam. What are you doing? Free yourself. And then and he, he look Orange looks down at the, <laughs> at the floor or the the ramp, uh, and like Cole looks. He's like, no, don't do it. I'm like. Yeah, don't do it. Why are you both about to fall off this thing? You're going to kill yourselves. <laughs> Luckily, they fall through it and Orange wins. But um, where do you, where were you like Orange? Where, what do you see for Orange after this now? Um, like because obviously they had to give him a match after he, you know Cole basically beat his ass throughout the whole entire uh, mm. program. But like, where do you see him going? Like by pay per view time? I really don't know. I've got no idea where he could fall. I don't know if he's going to be given an opponent and be featured in some way. Because mm. Adam Cole for me is going to face Page. They've they've told us that essentially without I, telling us. This I soon? Like, I feel like this soon? it's Revolution, so you still got a month to go. Yeah, it's, it's not until the first week of March, so you still got a mm-hmm. full February to go to it. But they started the background stuff already by letting you know in previous weeks right. he is the number one on there. So like right. we already know he's number one. It's just they haven't had a segment together yet. And Hammond Page is doing his yeah. thing with Lance Archer, and that's not going to happen for two more weeks. So maybe you can kind of fire up Cole for just a couple of weeks, just to okay. give him get him some momentum. He doesn't even have to win singles matches if he's like convincingly scoring the fall in a multi-man. That might be fine enough just to give him a bit of momentum to then in three weeks' time go to Hangman Page. But that's okay. not much of a build for Revolution. <laughs> I, I I mean the stuff that I see on the rise of Revolution is like Danielson and, or Moxley and oh. Danielson mm. I, until until the breach until you know Beach Break being lights out I thought it was was definitely going to be um, Page and Cole um, and now you know I have my reservations like okay I know the ma- I know it doesn't count but like it, you know that kind of happened with Thunder Rosa and um, and Britt and like I don't recall how soon she won the belt after she lost the lights out match. Oh, uh, was it double or nothing? I want to say it was double. Or, the first first uh, match back with fans. Okay, she, so double yeah. or nothing. So that's May, and then she lost lights out. When? When was that? I can I can Google this. Rosa okay. Baker lights out. <laughs> there you go. I'm cheating. It's fine. Ah, <laughs> oh. because uh, that happened to work out, but I thought. I, I, uh, you know, what was it eighteenth okay. of March? It was posted onto AW's things. That's okay. two months. So basically, two months. Like now, you know, we're like, like you know, seven, six weeks out from pay per view, mm. or less than that actually. Um, so like five. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. Like I mean, because I, I almost feels like with Cole, there could be also uh, divided attention for that with um, what's going, what's seems to be up upon the horizon with um, Red Dragon and the Young Bucks, so um, we'll see. I mean, there's options, like, you know, they, for a long time, they did uh, or earlier in the beginning of it, like, they did talk about um, MGF and CM Punk being a you know, basically like a de facto number one contendership feud. Um, they both said that they both wanted the title. Um, you know, obviously you had the Sean Dean thing where uh, MG, or, uh, CM Punk via DQ gave uh, MJF his first loss of the year. He started out the year uh, 0-1. Um, I don't know, man. Like, there's options. There's, there's a bunch of people that are right at the 
you know, right there. It could be Cole, it could be Punk, it could be MJF. Um, I, I think, I think, is there, I don't know, I don't know, <laughs> but I think there's all good mm. options. I think there's all good options, and there's all people that like are people that you see on the horizon, opposed to like when you look at other promotions and you're like, okay, it's, it's almost like they just basically pulled someone's name out of a hat, and they're like, there was no, you know, uh, you know, uh, built momentum for a person like you guys control the, the outcomes of these matches. Like, give somebody some wins before they become the number one contender, yeah. please. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. they've done a good, they've done a better job than a lot of places. And that's kind of why I feel like it might be Adam Cole, just because they've been telling us he's number one. And yeah, but I don't know if Cass. Oh no, no, it's, I just realized Cassidy winning doesn't mean anything. Because it's a lights out match. It doesn't count. Yeah, it doesn't count. It doesn't count. It doesn't count, doesn't count, it Which, doesn't count but you kind of want to give it like that, that little bit of breathing room to where like mm-hmm. you kind of get away from that and you can get a, you kind of you know get a win or two under the belt before they go right back to it. That's why I asked about the the uh, the time between mm-hmm. lights out and um, Britt Baker winning the title from Sheeta. So that was two months, and there's currently only five weeks. Also, the we'll title see. title match of Archer isn't for another two weeks, so that leaves you with yeah. three weeks. Well, unless Cole comes out. That I mean, still, if Cole comes out immediately after the match, challenges him, that's still only two more weeks to kind of build to it, which isn't mm. AW normally like a bit more time to flesh it out a bit. Uh, they're not they're not really a three week build company. If they are, it's for like something more in the mid card that isn't going to be that high up. Um. Yes, but I also I, I think they're also really good at um. They normally have things like basically like they, they you know plant seeds or mm. you know lay down breadcrumbs you know weeks out further than three weeks but like when they finally lock in and you know what's going to happen normally it is around three weeks out mm. so i mean and you know for all we know it might be some weird finish in chicago with punk in in um in uh mjf so like they'll have to do a rematch and then like you know that that'll be a semi-main event match or whatever else. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there's they have plenty of options for for to put out a good car. Like that's not going to be a problem. Um, oh, I mean, especially so, especially when like the first match, just to realize it's definitely going to be happening is Danielson versus Moxley. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, right. Like it's it's going to be fine. It's going to be absolutely fine. I mean, especially as you can yeah. easily use that match to if you give Moxley momentum, then Moxley can be the guy to challenge Hangman at Double or Nothing in a huge match or even just on TV or whatever. Like yeah, you've got a lot to go with. There's a lot of guys, and because uh, like uh, MJF Punk is obviously, I don't know if he could whoever he could springboard off of that interfacing page, uh, but I think because it's AEW is really then what I've learned about AEW is when they kind of tell you something, it's for a reason. So you've got the knowledge, so something doesn't feel out of nowhere. So when Adam yeah. Cole comes out next week, and like oh he just lost to uh, he just lost to Cassidy. But the week prior, they were telling you he's number one, and then he loses a match that isn't on the rankings. Like Adam Cole yeah. can maybe use the fact that he lost and just pretend it is like, oh, it doesn't count, it doesn't count <laughs> on the record type of thing. Yeah, you're probably um, right. You're probably right. Yeah. Anyway, a a decent main event, but given the kind of bar they've set themselves for lights out, it, it was kind of yeah. below <laughs> that bar really. Like it was yeah. fine, it was entertaining, but it wasn't a lights out match. I mean, I, I I enjoyed it. I mean, the two that stick out for for most people for lights out stuff is the um, the full gear 2019 thing with Omega mm. and, and Moxley, and then you know the lights out match from last year with Rosa and and Britt. 
uh, I mean, there's also they've also had great ones with with Janela, like Janela and Omega, where Omega's like trying to get himself impaled on dark <laughs> of all things. And uh, Moxley and Janela, so like they've had a few that are, have been just absolute kick ass matches. Um, this is just short of that, but like I would still say it's a very good match. But you know, uh, the standard is standard, and then come through to that level of you know what is earned. You know, like the same thing we talk about, like a three and a half star Hell in a Cell match is like that's cool, <laughs> but yeah. what are we talking about? You <laughs> yeah. know. Like it's hell in a cell. What are we doing? Mm. It's like when when we review a dynamite and we say, oh, it's maybe like a three 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 and a half episode of dynamite. But like, but if we say it's a three three and a half episode of Raw, that means we're talking of a really high level of competency. Well done, Raw. <laughs> well done. <laughs> like it's yeah, it's a very different bar when you've got a quality average. <laughs> the numbers mean something yeah. vastly different. Which means that if you're writing for a site or doing whatever. And you happen to give, oh, this, this Dynamite is three and a half. But then you give Raw a three <laughs> or something like that. Or give it a four. Because for its own kind of world, it itself was way more competent than previous weeks. So you have to go, you know what, guys? This was way more competent than previous weeks. But on and like an, and still, like a proper scale, they're still at like a two or th- <laughs> two max. So, it, <laughs> <laughs> so it's so something... And that does not translate to Twitter because obviously C number. I was like, "What do you mean Raw was better?" I'm not saying Raw was better. <laughs> it's in their own world. It was, um, yeah, well done you. You did. You were competent this week. There weren't any messed up shots or anything. This storyline made sense. You didn't ruin any momentum. Well done you. <laughs> Three stars. <laughs> anyway, speaking of building momentum, Wardlow versus Elijah Dean and James Alexander. Uh, homeboy Wardlow destroys two lads in front of his family. Uh, Alexander with money shot written on his ass as Wardlow power bombs both men to hell, and then uh, the woman uh, the woman is really getting over this gimmick of destruction, <laughs> and he's he is really building to a big face turn. We got a bigger moment with Wardlow later in the show as they continue to tease, and I really like that in the MJF uh, CM Punk feud is happening. They just gave a second to just continue to build Wardlow uh, in the background as well. Who knows when Warlow's actually going to turn? I mean, again, this is AW telling us he is going to turn, but it's going to bubble. Like, you're going to see his frustration get to a point where he's just finally had enough. But you actually see him go through the process rather than, like, one week we see him pull a face, the next week he doesn't want to do something, the next week it's broken up. It's like, no, you see the emotions on his face with it. Like, he's generally deliberating over this. <laughs> and he isn't, it's not just a turn out of nowhere. Yeah, I love it, I love it. And what do you make of Wardlow? Oh, I mean, I I irrationally love Wardlow. Um, <laughs> I you know like there was a there was a good stretch of time um, in in the beginning of AEW where like he had like almost like a year year and a half streak where it was like everything he did every match he had like he was very good in it or the match was very good. It was like um, you know whether it was the lumberjack match with Luchasaurus or it was tag match with MJF or um, you know, or it was even uh, the the match uh, from like I want to say it was like October uh, between him and uh, at, and Hangman Page, where it was like, mm. you know, like this dude, this dude, you ask him like, you know, uh, you know, as far as his experience, or whatever else, or his body compared to the other guy, or the way his body looks compared to other guys in AEW, like he's a person that like I felt like he was almost a a lot to get over, and they clearly saw something in him, like you know, they wanted to push him, you know strong eventually and like with mjf like it was the perfect you know triple h batista thing where it's like you know it's coming and like you just, you're just sitting there you like just 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 count the days for it to happen and it's been building towards it and like 
when this man eventually gives him the thumbs down, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be awesome. It really is. And essentially, you've uh, got. I mean, I wouldn't. I won't, I'm not gonna compare Sean Spears to Ric Flair, but what I mean is he's the third person there. <laughs> he's the more <laughs> kind of vocal point holding it all together. <laughs> I didn't even think about that part. That's yeah, yeah. He he, he is the ability, the uh, accountability buddy. Definitely is yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I can't put that on Twitter. <laughs> I can't, I can't oh, no. say Sean Spears is oh. the Vic Flair of, <laughs> of this Yes, view. they, yeah, like, you. I mean, mm. let me phrase it. You can put it out there uh, if you want to, uh, but it not be well-received, and, like, the only thing that's going to save you is if you, like, you, you attach, like, you know, two two tweets to it saying, like, put a bunch of qualifiers and, like, hmm. no, I don't mean he's as good as Ric Flair, the greatest wrestler ever. No, I'm talking in the context of this and this and this view, and they have to explain everything. Like, so I wouldn't even bother. I'll just leave that in, in the uh, in the drafts. So, yeah, I'm curious. Mm. I, couldn't even, mm. I couldn't even make the statement of uh, how can you pre- what, how can you predict a WWE pay-per-view when there's no storylines or consequence to what's happening? <laughs> and just the sheer amount of replies have just got you... You say what you think is going to happen in a match, then you move on to the next one. And I'm like, but what are you making that judgment on? <laughs> it's just like, there's, if nothing matters, then anyone can win for any reason. There, there is no reasoning. The, the world falls apart. <laughs> there's no rules. <laughs> nothing means anything. It, look, and I'm sure Vince, um, in the back, it look he hears that critique from you, and like he'll probably look, at, look you dead in the eyes and go, bingo. <laughs> if nothing matters then I can do whatever I want yeah. anything can happen and in the WWE <laughs> that was a catchphrase when I was okay. watching it growing up <laughs> they really put that over in the noughties <laughs> it's just like anything can happen in the WWE and I remember thinking in like the late noughties I was, I was, I was at, like 16 or so and I was just like it, it feels very predictable now <laughs> I can't remember I, I used to think yeah anything could happen I remember Kurt Angle showing up in a battle royal when he was a raw guy on the Smackdown when he be, when he had that championship run into from 2005 into 2006 and I remember because okay. that was like my first year properly watching WWE and I remember my shock seeing Kurt Angle actually show up in the battle royal and I was like <gasps> it's Kurt Angle <laughs> for me that was huge whilst now when this raw guy shows up on Smackdown I'm like but this makes no sense. <laughs> like, why is it, why are they here? Is the brand split dead? Well, I mean, it's not dead, but they're here when they need it for promotion reasons, or because the plot point is half decent. Or let's do a fun match, but it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it's like okay, yeah, uh, I it definitely makes less sense just because they just do it willy nilly rather than try and explain why they're there. They're there because we need a match. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, like if they had something, in, if they had something like you know, champions can flow from between brands or like you mm. know, I mean, even even like when they had the wild card two years ago, like that at least that was like a at first, at first it <laughs> at was first, like yeah. a, a good faith, I it was a good faith like explanation for why this stuff was happening, or whatever else, and then like eventually you just got like oh well, it's five people, then it's six people, then it's four people, then it's okay, yeah, so y'all just eating, having your cake in it too, okay, whatever, yeah, um, like <laughs> just get rid of the yeah. brand split, it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's absolutely fine. And maybe in that when you think about it, when you think about it, Mm. like to be honest, like I love those SmackDown pay per views from 2016, but like uh, the company as a whole, as far or sorry, uh, or the TV shows as a whole, like are less good ever since they moved to the brand split. Oh, a hundred percent. Like there was a because I remember when when that happened because I was reviewing the shows uh, with Burn uh, before we got picked up by Missing Headlines. And one of the things that was like you just realised was that the 
if somehow only one show could be decent, and I don't know how you can do that. <laughs> like SmackDown in 2016 was brilliant. I absolutely yep. loved it. Then yep. in 2017, SmackDown was awful because <laughs> that was the gender run. <laughs> yep. And uh, uh, we matched with Randy Orton. Yep. Then the the Raw side got a little bit better as they heated up Seth Rollins, and it's just kind of like, oh, were they heating up and Seth the, Rollins, Finn Balor, The Miz <laughs> at that time? And then, uh, and then after that, like they do the, you know, they do the shake up or whatever else in 2018, and then like you have Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, um, and Becky Lynch and Charlotte basically like carry SmackDown to, into being the better brand. Mm. Uh, then at that time, uh, in Oscar as well. Uh, and then like the, you know, I don't even know what happened after that with, uh, oh. at 2019. I, I can't even tell you who's so, better. It's probably SmackDown because the, they moved over to. Yes, I say the reason 2019 sticks out for me because this is peak. Finally, WWE have reached that part where, because they, the way I described it is it's like telling a story to a kid where you're making it up as you go along and sometimes you get carried away with it yourself. You're like, oh, well, I don't know what's going to happen next. <laughs> Just to tell the story. I'll tell you the story about Owl School. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> but <laughs> the the thing that hit me with WWE was with that draft in 2019, they'd essentially mm-hmm. done that. Like, they did not know enough ahead of time what they were going to do. So they, they changed people around and then the next week realised they didn't want to do that. I was like, oh, like, oh, wait, no, that was a bad idea. So all of these different reasons why people could be on different brands, why people were moving back. <laughs> you got well, trades that happened and then were reversed <laughs> or a different trades yep. was then done to the other one. Like, yeah, it, for me, that was just, just because they didn't think about it ahead of time. They haven't thought about it on the week or they did the telling a kid story to a kid style. <laughs> just just on the day, just made it up and then suddenly realised, oh, crap. <laughs> and they've not done a good draft for me since. Because, like, anyone who becomes somewhat established on a show just gets shifted round. And then look at KO with Seth Rollins, like, to, the drafts consecutively, they just move to the other show. And that's happened with so right. many people. They become established on one show, they just shift back. So there's no collection of people that you kind of associate with a brand. Like like with Raw, you would have probably associated Triple H, Shawn Michaels with the John Cena with the Raw side, just because they didn't move. So when they did move, it felt yeah. like a big deal because it's like four or five years between one of them shifting, which is a big deal. Yeah. And yeah, that, I mean, it's a, that's easy. I yeah, mean, for they, a they while. The <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. And I, I feel like for a while, like you could say that there was it like, you know, you had AJ, like there were like one or two people you could say that with, right? Like mm. for a while, like Becky Lynch and AJ Styles on SmackDown, like that was a thing. Like they, they were there for oh, years. Yeah. Uh, like Roman was, was on Raw for years. Um, Seth had been on Raw for years and then like once they, you know, they swapped, you know, because of the Fox deal, they made, you know, um, SmackDown the A show because they had to, um, then they had to move, uh, Roman to, uh, SmackDown and then like it kind of got wonky after that where it's like nothing really matters. Like you just know that Roman and Sasha Banks more or less are going to be on SmackDown always. Yeah. Which is, it just kind of... it devalues the draft and the brand split and now you've got people on different brands where they'll just bring them over for a feud or for a match, and it happens so regularly. It's like, well, it's fine to abandon it. Like the other product is white hot and has a lot of guys, and two different shows, a lot of guys, and there's no brand split. It just kind of seamlessly kind of works together in a continuous run of hype, which works really, really well. Um, Can you imagine if AEW had like four singles belts, male singles belts? <laughs> it would be crazy. <laughs> yeah, Can you but- imagine if they had two tag titles? 
like mm-hmm. not not trios. I want yeah, yeah, trio. I like, mean, imagine, yeah. They, imagine if they had like two two v two tag ma- tag belts. Mm. Like why? It would For what? Be too many. It would be overloaded yeah. with stuff. And uh, yeah, for me, uh, that's been a massive hindrance to the WWE turns off the draft. And then they moved it to right next to Survivor Series. <laughs> so you have the draft. Yep. And then they're really loyal for one of the brands, even though they've only been on it for like two weeks. Four weeks or something like that, yeah. So then they started delaying it. They they do the draft, and then the draft doesn't come into effect until a different night, like a month later. (laughs) Was this the first year where that happened? The second. They did it the year before. Oh, wow. But but that was because it was during, quite for like the whole pandemic era, I feel like I'm a lot more forgiving in terms of like the weirdness that was happening just in my head i can for that whole time i'm just kind of like you know what the you, shows you, are you're, crap you're, you're tri- <laughs> are you tricking yourself into thinking that like they're being held they're being hamstrung by uh by covid jail <laughs> more the um plans were changing so incredibly often during that time that fair enough if if a planned thing like that was just a little bit convoluted and weird I'm fine with it but the fact they did the exact same thing this year <laughs> like there's no <laughs> there you go yeah Yep. It, it, they they just liked the idea for some reason. They thought that cycle worked of you do the draft, then you do Survivor Series, then it comes into effect, and then you go to Saudi Arabia. It's like, wait, no, that's way too much. <laughs> that's way too much. Uh, it, yeah, I know the idea in the head is then you get two hyped shows instead of just the one for the draft. You then get the draft hype show, and then you get the draft kick into effect. But in my head, I'm just like, no. But the first show after the draft automatically was hyped anyway. Like, you didn't need to do a separate thing of, oh, it's coming into effect, guys. Isn't this going to be exciting? This guy's coming over to this show. It's like, uh, but also the big thing, it's this, this is where I feel like I'm a bit more forgiving. And I know we're meant to be talking about Inner Circle versus 2.0 Daniel Garcia. <laughs> but well, well, I mean, was, well, I mean, we may as well talk about this instead of that, because, like, I mean, oh, that yeah, match is there. Like, the, only thing, the only thing we're talking about is the, the story of, like, Santana mm. and Ortiz are being dicks to Jericho. Yeah, we can get to that. And this will be like the time that would have filled us talking about the match yeah, itself. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But um, the thing that kind of I feel, when I say forgiving, what I mean is because I understand how WWE writes. If there's a gap, they can revert the bad decisions they made, essentially. Like I was saying with the shakeup and everything, you avoid the, uh, uh, the wild card. You avoid the wild card if you give yourself a month to change what you've said on the show. <laughs> Just to revert changes round or make some swaps and trades between brands till it's finalised like a month later. Like, if you're going to write it like that, which I'm not a fan of, just plan things out. It's not that difficult. <laughs> Look what AEW did with the Daniel uh, Brian Danielson run. Like, seriously? It's like, oh my God, how do they do that? They went to all the arenas of the hometown guys. Like, yeah, because they knew they were going to do it. <laughs> they knew they were going to do it, and right. then they did it. <laughs> it's really not that right. difficult. And, now, and, and mm. we all think that was supposed to be Moxley that was going to take out all those uh, Dark Order mm. people. Yeah, then just swapped him. But they just basically filled the gap, and yeah, because he was yeah. missing. Yeah, and it worked perfectly with that. I'm going to kick your effing head in. It worked absolutely perfectly for that. Uh, it's just that, yeah, for me, it's like a currently that it makes no sense. It's really weird and com- it takes away all of the hype for me, especially as they're rotating so many guys around. So. No one feels like they belong to any brand, so when they suddenly show loyalty, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> There's no, your it doesn't matter until it suddenly matters in this very specific two three week window. <laughs> that it's the biggest right. reason thing on earth. Right, yeah. and, and another part about it is like, like if you look from the lens of like, all right, if this is aspiring to be like 
like these are pro athletes, right? Like <clears throat> pro athletes go to teams, they get traded, they get drafted, and then like, but they also know that like the wrestling, as far as uh, the the other people, like it's a fraternity, right? Like, I mean, so like, yeah, they have vendettas against other people, but like, as far as like, let's let's go out here, one for the brand. Like, this is this isn't like college sports where like you, you go to a school and and you commit to it and all that kind of stuff, and then uh, you try to win one. It's like, nah, like you know, like I'm I I just got here, I don't care, like <laughs> whatever. Mm. Uh, like so, I mean. I think it's at a weird time of the year, but like I, I know why they do it is because like they want to have something that as a big thing for um, the the new season of you know television season oh, yeah. or whatever else. So like they put in that late that late slot, and then you get to Survivor Series. Survivor Series has always been Thanksgiving time or just about November in any way, and then you like you run into that constantly that constant issue, and it's like here's an idea, like you guys have more or less been running under the same calendar of events for like a decade scrap it and start over hmm. <laughs> like keep wrestlemania yeah. like basically like keep your big three your big three pay-per-views like your, your royal rumbles your your wrestlemanias and your summer slams scrap everything else and start over and yeah. it would breathe so much more life into the into the promotion and you wouldn't and then also like even though uh bec- because it's you, like i said like the uh promotion runs on a schedule like for basically the same uh, schedule for like a decade you would assume that because that you know where everything's coming and you should be able to plan accordingly but you can't because this man's 676 years old and like I don't know can't remember anything so it's like just scrap all of it except for like the, the three the things you know he's absolutely going to take care of you know he's going to care about Royal Rumble you know he's going to care about uh, SummerSlam you know he's going to care about um, Wrestlemania and like I, you know look at how big money in the bank is now like they're now doing that in a in a dome now like that's like the fourth big big pay-per-view and like they don't know they never have any idea of late like who to make as a challenger who should be the next money in the bank people and it's like this is like your this is like your fourth biggest show how do you not know to have get someone hot to be like a person that just could just slide in and be money in the bank like it never you never figured mm-hmm. out like they had Otis winning and they're like yeah, I give it a miss instead we screwed up yeah, yeah. my bad <laughs> we, we know this was coming even though like it's always like right before uh, SummerSlam like it's been like that for a decade but we it caused by surprise caught us lacking like come mm. on man <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> I realized this could be like talking about the state of WWE like no, no I, I did this yeah. show on Tuesday let's, let's, okay, <laughs> yeah, now like, we'll, okay yeah. so let's finally let's get back to uh, uh, AEW also, also uh, Dan in the chat is saying that he's here to hear us talk about how Red Velvet is the best female wrestler of all times like we'll get to I'm, it. I'm sorry what I, I sense a little bit of sarcasm but we'll see <laughs> is there someone that we know that said that uh, Dan Dan Ailes, 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 Jesus Christ I can't read <laughs> Do you know a dad? Do I know a dad? <laughs> Am I just forgetting someone I know? We'll, we'll get to it when we get to it. We've got a few segments to go before we get there. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Uh, we'll so, get to it. Uh, so, Eddie versus Jericho is basically the point of the inner circle versus 2.0 of Daniel Garcia. As mm-hmm. I said before, the thing I really, really enjoy is Eddie just wants to beat up Daniel Garcia and people keep stopping him from being able to beat up Daniel Garcia. And that's pretty much Eddie's entire beef. And now he's going after Jericho. Uh, and I love the idea of him, like the words from Eddie from two, three weeks ago are still ringing true in the ears of Santana and Ortiz. And now you're seeing it play out in front of them. Like, why are they fighting the boss's battles yet again? Well, they want to go for the tag titles. Why are they fighting these chumps of, in 2.0? And I kind of like that. I, I like that seeing it play out. doesn't mean this match was 
really anything to call home about. Like, yeah, it was yeah. decent. It got over the angle and it all progressed the angle. And that's it served its purpose rather than being super entertaining spot. But it was also in, like, I'll call it the post-incredible ladder match death spot. <laughs> it's not really... The crowd are a bit tired. <laughs> like, it's fine. Yeah. I, I mean, they were they were more into Warlow destroying those two guys. Oh, yes. <laughs> Which kind of says, says a lot. It's like, oh, I can't, can't go in too harsh. But the match with Wardlow, they were really hot for. <laughs> and that was right after. Uh, yeah, great mm-hmm. stuff. Great. They do Wardlow really well. And I saw, I saw somebody say yeah. that um, Hook's booking was essentially Goldberg's booking. And I'm just like, no. Like, they're, it's not. <laughs> it's just, for, if anything, the hook book is going to show you how they probably should have done... When I say should have done Goldberg, they still did it really, really well and jumped on the sensation. Well, that's pretty much the only comparison, is they were both sensations, and that's and both the companies went all in on them, following them becoming a sensation, because that makes business sense to do that. Aside from that, the comparisons immediately stop. <laughs> like There's no similarity whatsoever in terms of their styles, in terms of their wrestling ability, their character, the the actually direct ways they're being booked. Like, the only similarities that they're sensations that are being jumped on by the promotion. So, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm with you in, like, to be quite honest, like, when you look at also Jay being 25 and 0 now, it's like, uh, they, nah, man, they just book people strong in, in AEW. It's fine. Like, yeah. That means when I understand, they... I understand. Like the Goldberg thing is a singular place and time thing. Like that's that's that, that will never that will never happen ever again. Mm. Uh, and, and I understand like the, the idea of wanting to make lightning uh, strike twice, but like ain't gonna happen, bro. Like Goldberg will, in 1998 was the second biggest star in pro wrestling. Second, The Rock was around. Like it's not it's not the same thing. Like mm. and uh, Hook and and like I like Hook. I don't love Hook the way other people do. I like him, uh, but. Like even so, like fundamentally, it's just different. Like this dude is beating the hell out of you with judo moves and judo throws and judo takedowns and and fighting for uh, and fighting for arm bars and, and chokes. Like Goldberg had a had this much of that in his game. His the rest of his <laughs> game was power and soap and throwing people around and mm. tackling the shit out of them. It, it's not it's not the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of power throwing people around, in two weeks we've got a Texas Death Match, which made official via a uh, great promo. It's lovely hearing Jake Roberts' voice again. <laughs> so happy that he's back. Uh, yeah, a really strong promo. I loved Hangman's reaction. He was like, "Oh, I'm hearing that uh, the match with Lance Archer is going to be a Texas Death Match." A what? What? <laughs> yeah. <Yes>. What? <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Amazing reaction. <laughs> I uh. I ended up getting a copy of the show to rewatch uh, the the main event. Mm. Like I made sure while I was going through it to like to go see that see that little part. Where he goes, what? Because like it, it's 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 a meme. Like I, I'm gonna clip that and uh, put it in my meme in a second. But yeah, it was it was it was great. Like uh, it's gonna be. I, I I you know once I saw this is gonna happen or thought it was gonna happen, like I, I was I'm up for it because like I think Paige had his best wrestling physical matches and people in like horses or whatever. I was like. Mm. Like we mentioned earlier, like the Warlow match he had last year, uh, like oh, yeah. in the fall. Like, I want, I, I want one of that, but like Texas Death Match, like, I, I'm, I'm actually excited for this match. That's reminded me, and I never did clip Rich going, Jesus is watching. Um, I really meant to. <laughs> I don't know if somebody else did it. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to, yeah, yeah, Christ is watching. We'll have to, Rich will have to send it to you. I think, I think someone clipped it oh, and sent awesome. it to him. <laughs> it's like, I need that meme, especially for Twitter. <laughs> it's like, it's very, very useful. 
Uh, anyway, also on this Friday on Rampage, it's a jungle party. Uh, Christian and Matt Hardy trading words on behalf of Jungle Express and Private Party. Uh, yeah, that should be a really fun match and another showcase of AEW's awesome young talent. It's all on display in that match. Uh, when you look across at the champions as well, the pillars are slowly becoming more and more cemented and you're seeing these young stars all rise. And somebody raised the point that the critique of... I mean, it was always a bad faith take anyway. But the critique of, oh, WWE's just... Sorry, AEW's just relying on former WWE guys. Uh, awesome time for me to have a slip up and accidentally call AWWE. <laughs> what the point of me? AEW. AEW's just former WWE guys. And like, well, if you watch the show, you know that's clearly not the case. And you know why these WWE guys are there, just by watching the show. It's very, very evident. But yep. the thing of, oh, but the former WWE guys are only the champions. And then I think both of us in the past have just been like, no, they're clearly in early champions to help establish the brand of names you know, then they'll shift to right. names that they've built. And that's, and we're at that right. built point. It's only been three years and not one champion is a former WWE person, which, uh, and uh, some, uh, I saw an, uh, somebody on the comment of that post, <laughs> just like, oh, uh, oh you've taken a very specific moment in time where the, when there happens to be no former WWE champions in AEW. And I'm like, pretty certain the future is going to be stronger and stronger in that camp like this isn't it's not a snatch moment in time it's all by design it's the entire point they've already told you who the next champions are going to be <laughs> so it's kind of uh like you know who they're going to be uh, obviously i'm talking right. i'm looking i'm more laughing at bad faith takes who clearly don't watch the show <laughs> so it's very evident right. when you make comments like that it says yeah because we know right. who the champions are because they've told us <laughs> yeah right Another thing that should stick out, like, and you know, people are saying that, like, the moment in time thing is like, okay, well, like, explain it where, like, John Moxley and Chris Jericho and um, and Kenny Omega, like, the New Japan WWE guys, right? Like, mm. explain how, like, they were off TV for a long ass time, like, uh, in, in this winter, and, like, the rating, like, got better. Oh, it was well, stabilized. Today, rating today was uh, 1.1 million. Which is a, a slight growth from last week, <laughs> which is, yeah, we all right. know Dan Housen's right. a draw immediately. That's what that means. Yeah, <laughs> obviously, yeah. 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 Also, uh, like uh, Dan Housen's a draw, two point a draw. Uh, like trying to think who else has been on TV uh, in the last long while. It's like you know they 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 have like they start out this year like they have thrown mm. like they have thrown people out there and it has been a, a not a, a the opposite of star studded for for compared to previous AEW uh, dynamites and rampages and it's like mm. the rating still does a pretty good does still like is what it is it's not it doesn't go down uh like I, I, quarter to quarter that changes of course but like as far as the whole show like it's it's about the same so mm. like w you know what are we, what what are we going to say now like <laughs> is it what is it you tell me like I, I think people will just like the show and it's competent. They'll tune in and they'll watch it. And if there's something really big, they'll they might tune in a little bit more. But it does what it does. It's going to do a million. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's going to probably stay around there. Also, Dan uh, with a, a, ref, a referencing a point, I did forget to put in my notes where a Jungle Boy uh, just taught just started dissing Mark Hen. <laughs> just like your 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 yes. watch is fake. <laughs> just yes, like, your watch well, is fake. Your watch is fake, and we're going to beat your ass. <laughs> Something like yeah. that. Yeah. I, I I do like the visual of on one side you have Private Party, you have Matt Hardy. On the other side you have uh, Jurassic Express, and you have Christian. And it's like you know, uh, in a way, it's almost like watching um, 
what was it the, the new well i can't remember the name of the hardys with um with uh what's his name doc hendrix what's his real name uh michael hayes oh my god yeah it's almost like that picture except it's like you know tag veteran from a veteran familiar tag team like basically with basically being the mouthpiece for these young these young guns like I, I, so like and they're both now the hillside and face side and like obviously like that's why they took that shot you know where they're on the staircase and they're across from they're being you know one side is a rail you know biting the two like so I, I like the the present or the visual or the symbol uh, the um, symbolism of that in like yeah like I expect a really good match because uh, to be quite honest with you ever since private party turned heel and joined um, HFO like I've I had kind of been like down in the dumps of like kind of what they do like they just wrestle like junior like normal old heels or whatever else in mm-hmm. like supposed to like that vibrant team that they in dynamic team that they were uh at the beginning of uh dynamite's run so like getting them in there with like a contemporary team in a big spot like maybe they'll be able to shake some of that off and kind of show you like how you know great they and promising they were at the beginning oh yeah 100 percent. giving them a spot like this will be huge be awesome uh there are other matches for rampage that were announced but i'll get to those later because first, it's CM Punk. He's dressed to fight. He's getting the crowd to chant MJF's name to try and convince the man to come out and have a fight with him. Uh, the added incentive of, I've got his scarf, but I, look, I, I googled it, and he can get like a whole pack of them for like $12. <laughs> so, <laughs> freezer. And then, of course, he comes out wearing a scarf. <laughs> like a different one. <laughs> it's just like, th- these don't have much value. <laughs> like, it's fine. And, uh, yes, and one little touch I did like was MJF came out... But first, at first, he was not addressing Punk. He was addressing the crowd. He never, for that entire time, he's talking about having a match in Chicago next week. He didn't once really look at Punk until right at the end where he's talking about beating Punk in his hometown. He was, he was talking, he was, pretty much he was talking to Punk, but in the, in the way of he was addressing the arena. Like, I'm going to do this to Punk, to that. And I really, really, as a heel, that's awesome. To just not look at the guy. It's a great way of showing that you're disrespecting him. Hyping himself up to announce the two of them won't be facing in crappy Cleveland. Instead, it will happen next week in Chicago. Uh, Maxwell promising to beat Punk in his hometown. Real great move for a heel. It was thought this might happen for a little while, but it's great to see this there now as well. Also... Awesome inclusion, bringing up that this was in the same town that Punk walked out of Raw back in 2014. Like, time is a big circle. Like, oh, I really love that. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, Punk playing, uh, playing babyface to the crowd, hyped up saying that they love him because he keeps getting back up. Can't say that to a heel with a stable. <laughs> Let's put that to the test. <laughs> the straight-up yeah. beatdown from the Pinnacles, FTR and Spears beat the man down. And this is where we got our awesome Wardlow character moment. More reluctant when MJF asked him to hit the powerbomb. And uh, the focus all on MJF and Punk, but still giving time to build up the muscle man's big turn. Great, it's awesome. (laughs) I really love it. I've said awesome way too much, but that's because this was such a solid segment. (laughs) He did everything so perfectly. Uh, um, The ending point being Maxwell sitting cross-legged to deliver his cross-legged on top of Punk to deliver his final bomb promising to end him next week oh so good (laughs) so good James yeah uh, obviously you know um, CM Punk you know sitting cross uh, legged on the uh, top of the ramp with the pipe bomb like him doing this on his chest which is also like a call back to um, when Shibata won uh, the New Japan Cup, where Kenta did it to him uh, a couple years ago, like it, it all puts together, it all fits together really nice. So it's, just, it's really, it's just, it's just wonderful. It really is. Uh, 
Um, I I gotta say, uh, CM Punk is just fantastic as a promo. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. it's like it's like saying like, well, yeah, I think Kobe Bryant was really good at basketball. No shit, but <laughs> um, it, it it's so good to have him back. It's so good that uh to to hear somebody like be defined and believe or, or know what they stand for and and uh and that sort of thing and that kind of baby facery like i love it i've always i always like those baby, i always like the you know the stand for stand for what you believe in type of baby faces suppose i just out here just to just to have you guys love me and i love you guys i'm happy to be here like i like somebody has some fire and tell you what they what they believe in. like that's the reason why like i, I really like the cody run it first uh mm. at the start of the company uh or start of uh, dynamite but um, yeah, uh, him and MJF go together really well, and it's like your third Dynamite talking segment together at least. And um, yeah, I, I just wonder how they're going to pull the trigger with the Wardle thing. Like you know, obviously people wanted it right then and there, right there. He they kind of felt like they wanted you know them to pull the trigger on the on the uh, Wardle thing, where it, you know just basically like says I'm not going to participate in the beatdown. Like it's, it's you want to be four on one. Like come on, uh, it didn't happen here, but like it's going to happen, and when it does, like. It's gonna like all this is tying together like pretty well. Like I, I, I next week, um, you think it opens? I'm pretty sure that opens, right? They, they tend to put their biggest thing yeah, on first. That, yeah, that's about what I was about to say. Yeah, they tend to put on the biggest matches to kick off the show, like Hangman Danielson. I feel like that's yeah. probably what Both they're gonna them. do. But yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm I'm ready for it. Like they, they I mean, they've done some great work. They really have to get to this <laughs> point. Mm, got me, got me all in to the point where I would be fine with them doing like a BS kind of finish to it, and then you have to get the to the pay-per-view. Yeah, <laughs> to get to the pay-per-view, <laughs> like that's fine. <laughs> as, especially as you can lean into MGF being more WWE, and he has a save, WWE save finish. That, <laughs> save that, save that for the rest of American pro wrestling. No, don't bring that here. Don't bring that nonsense here. Uh, I, I guess I think it's when I fell in love with the idea of Brian Danielson defeating all of the baby faces in their hometown. I was like, oh, you can... <laughs> As MJF teases, he's going to go to WWE. He has a WWE finished for a match. <laughs> it's like, same oh, point, like, well, he wanted a taste of the WWE. <laughs> Here you are. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, speaking of uh, somebody getting a taste of probably what they shouldn't do, uh, Julia Hart was really excited to accept a challenge from Jay Cargill. <laughs> so uh, Mark Sterling letting Julia know that Jay Cargill has chosen her as the next challenger. I love this as a heel move because one, Jay Cargill's not even there. She sent her lawyer there, the representative. Two, she gets to say that she's defending her title like a fighting champion. And then three, but she's facing someone like Julia Hart, who's had, uh, I just, I like Mark Sterling's going, you just need to sign this release because of the whole eye thing. <laughs> she's standing there with an eye patch, yeah. half blinded. <laughs> uh, it's, yep. Yeah, it's great. Young, dumb, great baby face, eager to prove themselves. Love it. Yeah. And you pair, you pair that with the heel champion taking advantage of that. Oh, it works so well. Works so well. <laughs> uh, we also yeah. got the acclaimed cut in a promo because the, Anthony Bowens will be facing Moxley on Rampage. Uh, we'll go through the, all the Rampage matches later. Uh, it's time for Red Velvet versus Legit Layla Hirsch. And for me... This was a decent match between the two. Like, the crowd were quieter for this, but hey, I enjoyed it. Uh, Layla Hirsch is way too crisp to not keep my attention. Like focusing on Velvet's arm whenever she could. Like the last back down with those awesome suplexes. Uh, the, for me, the heel character fits Layla really well so far. I'm liking this first example of it that we've seen, and just uh, somebody suggested the idea of a Serena Deeb stable and legit Layla Hirsch being the first person 
to possibly be in that stable. And I'm just like, ah, I need to drop that idea because that's something I've made up. <laughs> or I've taken someone else's made up and I've taken it in. <laughs> and it's really, really good. <laughs> and I and I've, the gripe I've got with the women's division is in a world uh, designed, a kind of a, a world established by stables, the fact that the women's division doesn't have a single one it sticks out to me. And so in my head, I'm making up women's stables just because there aren't any. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, so I need to stop doing that because <laughs> I, I like Layla Hirsch's character so far. <laughs> I don't want to drive myself to disappointment if it just continues as a decent character rather than being like a standout in the stable. Yeah, um, uh, I thought this match was okay. I did not think it was necessary. I didn't think it was like it's not a match. I would give three stars. I'll put it to you. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I I thought that at times that um, I thought at times like. Uh, Layla missed her striking, which is rare for her. Um, uh, and I thought that the I thought that the beginning was kind of slow to get into, but like it, it did pick up by the time they got to the end. Uh, and you know the crowd the crowd was gave it no favors um, mm. at, at the start, but like you know they kind of rallied the crowd at the end, kind of, kind of, kind of. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was a weird thing where like they uh, Layla had her beat and then like got her up again to uh, to try to you know inflict more damage. I thought that was a weird uh, thing because like I understand that like she has a great record on uh, on paper, but it's like you know when you a lot of the a lot of the ancillary stuff in AEW is like oh this person's won like fifteen matches in a row. It, like I haven't seen this person on TV. Like I've seen this person on TV one time and they lost. They literally got pinned. It's been weeks since I've seen them on TV. Uh, so, like, that's one of the things they got to do. They, I say the AEW has to do a better job of. That's one thing that kind of slips through the cracks with them is, like, they present people to you and they're like, look at this record. I'm like, yo, I, uh, where did, when, when did these wins happen? Mm. It's like, at the start, like, with Eddie Kingston, I was like, yo, all I see this dude ever do is lose. Like, how is this dude, like, you know, still in the top five? Uh, so, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh yeah, I, I thought it was. I thought it was an okay match, not a not a good match, but uh, but definitely not a bad match. It was just somewhere in the middle. Uh, but you know, I, I, I expect them. I expect that the Statlander match to be much, you know, have more heat because Statlander, mm. you know, um, more. I think I think she's more popular than both than Red Velvet or uh, Layla. So, oh yeah, uh, they, they, they've been building towards this thing, and like, I think they have a really good match because like they're both strong as hell for their for their frames, both of them. So um, they're, you're going to see some really cool stuff. Speaking of, we're going to see some really cool stuff. House of Black telling Pack that just like death, they are inevitable. <laughs> like bloody hell, lads. <laughs> Both in the fact that we're going to get this match, and you know, the House of Black not—they're not beating the bush <laughs> with that. No, no, no. We're inevitable like death. It's like the closing line of their first promo to him. <laughs> it's like good god. Uh, yeah, it's like he's blind, lads. <laughs> You've got probably got a foot up here. <laughs> Be all right. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I everything about this screams that's going to be awesome. Cannot wait. Yeah, <laughs> cannot wait. I mean, it's yeah, it's 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 Paige and, and it's Paige and um, not Paige. I'm sorry. It's hmm. packing. It's uh, and it's Penta. Like they're going to have a great match. Like I mean, hmm. you could pull any of the two combination of um, Dev trying a lot there, but you know, obviously Phoenix is a few is you know like a month out or whatever it is with him with his uh arm. But hmm. yeah, they're gonna they're gonna have a great match. Um. I don't remember what else was. Uh, I don't remember what else was uh, mentioned. Is going to be on next week's Dynamite, but like it's going to be a great show. Like oh, you know, in Chicago, they love doing great. They loved having you know big matches in Chicago. This is one of them, definitely. <laughs> 
And, actually, well, uh, the only two matches that have been announced are Pack and Penta versus House of Black and CM Punk versus MJF. So, all, okay, well, there you go. those two alone. It's going to be uh, really, really good. Uh, after this, we got the AEW Women's World Champion Britt Baker DMD Pro Wrestling Illustrated 2021 number one female wrestler celebration. <laughs> My word. She had all the accolades uh, just to really hype up how amazing she is. And a, a women's promo in the middle of the ring with no interruption. It's like, oh, yes, loved it. Great, good to see this. I want this more. I want more of this. <laughs> Just let them get the character stuff over <laughs> without a, without somebody walking in and delivering a flat promo <laughs> or an attack out of nowhere. Like surprise attack from the front. It's my favourite thing in wrestling. Because <laughs> it makes no sense. And easily, I don't think anyone is going to be a swerve in NXT uh, att- uh, doing a surprise attack from the front in a forklift, like oh, it's bravo! <laughs> like you're not going to beat that because <laughs> the the logistics at play there is like how do you how do you even how do I even make this make sense? <laughs> it's too good, it's too wild. I love it. Uh, anyway, Brit's promo was essentially me sitting there going, "Hey, a sports reference," <laughs> not really knowing what I'm talking about. I know she's Britsburg. I know they're in Ohio. It's Cleveland Browns in Ohio. Yeah. Yeah, 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 like one of uh, it's it's a less po- it's it's one of the more traditional feuds in NFL history. Mm. Uh, the Cleveland Browns versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, like, they're kind of close. Like it's East Ohio versus uh, West uh, Pennsylvania. So they're kind of close ge- geographically. Um, the Browns used to be like the team of the '50s, and um, uh, the uh, Steelers became came to prominence in the, mostly in the '70s. So like. You kind of had that regional thing, which also helps for, for like uh, sports rivalries here in this country. I'm sure it works over in in, foot, in foot, foot, real football um, <laughs> over 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 a year over, over at. But um, yeah, like you have that. Uh, the Browns have you know they've been one of the worst ran franchise of like uh, the last 50 years of America of American mm. football. So like, but the Steelers have always been like pretty consistently good my entire life time. So um, like. So Brit is from basically like uh, the rival that is like the the dominant uh, part of the rivalry. So like she's in basically like enemy territory and like they have an inferiority complex. So she keeps bringing up Pittsburgh <laughs> and like all their success over the last like uh, fifty years of, of of American sports, whether it was like the, the Pittsburgh Penguins or the Steelers and like the Browns, like. Or sorry, Cleveland. They they literally only have like one championship in any major uh, sports, like since the fifties. So, oh. <laughs> uh, so so like she gets to she gets to like you know she gets to come out there with like the the Penguins logo on and be from Pittsburgh and then also you know at the end she, the dismount is like uh, the fans in Pittsburgh like they carry around a yellow towel, yeah. um, and and like that's their that's kind of like a symbol of your fandom is like the yellow towel for Pittsburgh Steelers. Well. Like at the end, she basically took a flag that was modeled after that towel that they, that the fans split around. That's why she had it around her back, around her back, and it's like she just won like a, a gold medal for like her country in the Olympics. So that's <laughs> so like she was full on trolling. I thought she did a really good job with it. I thought it was really strong at the start. I thought it kind of tailed off because like there's only so much um, there's only so much meat on that bone. Like making fun of Baker Mayfield because Baker Mayfield is like they're they're starting quarterback for the Browns and like he like he had a he had a kind of a high fandom of being like their savior for the Browns. But like, I think this year people kind of realize like he's not 
gonna he's not gonna be it. So people are gonna like so like the heat after getting like one joke or two jokes off like works, but like once you go to like the sixth and seventh, mm. it has less of an effect. It's much like mm. you know the kendo stick shots or weapon shots we were talking about earlier in the show. Like yeah. all right, we get it. One or two is effective. Stop there, but she kept going. But um, you know, it went a little long. But I thought I thought like it was refreshing to see her back here in like you know shitting on a crowd because like for a while she had been doing that and it kind of felt like a lot of the same for like the last few months. So, um, I, you know, I, I, I liked it. I really did. Mm. Um, as far as the, you know, the PWI stuff is just, you know, the hokey heel, hokey heel stuff. Like yeah. look how popular I am. Yeah. It, you know, it's fun. <laughs> A Brit gloats into camera as the crowd has their moment chanting for insert local sports team. <laughs> she's not going yeah. to settle for just the one year. She's go- she's here to run the decade, which is like an awesome heel champion promo. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, after that, Vicky Guerrero was screaming to grab our attention and hand the mic over to Nyla Rose ranting at Ruby Soho, and that maybe that match will get added next week because it wasn't announced for the Rampage yeah. matches. Uh, so that might be in Chicago. Yeah. And, I mean, Soho will get a really big pop in Chicago. So yeah, she's from uh, what? I some Iowa? She's from Indiana. She's from Indiana. Mm. Yeah, so okay. she'll like you know that that's like um, Indiana is like bordering on uh, Illinois. So and Chicago's like close to um, Indiana, like very close. So oh, okay. um, yeah, she'll so she'll um so she'll get some regional love. Mm. Much in the same way that like uh, Seth, you know, from I who's from Iowa gets regional love in in Chicago as well. And he's a Bears fan. Um, Bears is the NFL team in Chicago, so yeah, like it, it'll be some regional thing. And like, it was funny to me uh, how she, how you know, typical heel um, Nyla, like complaining, like you know, I got cheated, and it was like you didn't get cheated, like you 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 blew off Ruby's sh- so or shoulder, and then like she still somehow managed to figure out a way to win. Like <laughs> you lost fair and square, but like you're a heel, so like I, it, it was funny to me because you know, typical heel. So, yeah, it's no one else's fault. It's everyone else's fault except for the heel. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Nana does that really well. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. so we talked about Dynamite in Chicago next week, but the final one of the matches for Rampage this Friday are Moxley versus Bowens, FTR versus Lee Johnson and Brock Anderson in a rescheduled match, uh, TBS mm-hmm. Championship, Jade Cargo versus Julia Hart, and the AEW World Tag Team Championship, Jurassic Express versus Private Party. As the young talent seemingly are taking over this show pretty quickly. I mean, obviously, they're still. Uh, still uh, FTR and Moxley, but with the younger talent holding titles now, it's going to become more and more commonplace. They've seen these guys taking over the shows. Uh, yeah, a strong rampage with an even stronger dynamite set for Chicago. <laughs> really, really strong. As they will look to build momentum and hype for Revolution. Because we're, we're, spe- we're at that point where we're speculating matches, but because it's still January, we've not finished January yet, and the pay-per-view mm-hmm. isn't until the 1st of March. I think it's like a week or two later than it was last year. So, we're not quite it's hit six. that hype. I, I'm, I'm going to the show, so I know it's a six. Oh, awesome. <laughs> nice and easy to remember. Yeah, so we've still got a fair way to go until we get there. Uh, yes, February's shorter, but there's, we haven't really hit the hype wheel of Revolution yep. yet. I didn't even realise the pun of the hype wheel and Revolution. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you to James for coming on to talk about the AE. The AEW, why am I, Bret Hart? <laughs> I did the same thing. I did the same thing on, on uh, uh, um, One Nation Radio. Like I called it the the, uh, the Survivor Series. I was like, oh, I'm Bret Hart. I'm, I'm Bret Harding. God damn it, Bret. <laughs> why do you do this? 
Uh, well, I will be back on Saturday to talk about the Royal Rumble, which is I don't, you can't be part. That's how you say it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'll be li- I'll be back live immediately after the pay per view to talk about it really nice and early. But now I've got lighting, you won't be able to tell as much <laughs> the horrible state I'm in. <laughs> that. Uh, James, do you want to plug all of your stuff before we say goodbye? Yeah, um, you can find me on Twitter at JamesBoyd87. Um, I also do the podcast I just mentioned, One Nation Radio. You can find that on Twitter at One Nation Radio. Um, and we more or less cover AEW, some WWE big events, um, Stardom, New Japan, uh, pretty much anything that comes upon the board. This week we actually covered uh, the world uh, on GCW. Uh, Rich watched the show and he was dismayed by uh about them having their biggest show with the most eyes on it and that's what they gave us so uh you know stuff like that any big uh things happen in wrestling where we'll talk about it on a weekly basis so check us out and uh, i am i am uh am i doing anything on tuesday i don't know yes anyway you can follow me on twitter at the damn implicat also you can follow me on twitch at the implications with two s's you can follow james on twitter at james boyd 87 and uh, one nation radio as well at, at one nation radio we'll keep up with that podcast too Anyway, with that, for me, a really solid episode of Dynamite with an ma- incredible opening ladder match and a really enjoyable main event with uh, a re- genuinely unexpected debut. And there's <laughs> I can't really complain too much when a debut gets that big of a pop and reaction from me. <laughs> really enjoyed it. Obviously, might have been expected a uh, Johnny Gargano. And I loved the fact that his SmackDown name was Van Helsen. <laughs> this is brilliant. <laughs> so funny. good. So, so I mean, they did chant uh, Johnny Wrestling in the middle of the Orange Cassidy match. Um, mm-hmm. There were signs. There were Gargano signs. Like, I was talking to Rich about this. Uh, I don't think it was a recorder anywhere, but, like, you know, like, Gargano's one of my favorite wrestlers in the world. And um, I said to him, like, if he's going to show up in AEW, like, everyone's pissed on Cleveland. This was like a couple weeks out, and I was thinking to myself, like, well, if he shows up in Cleveland, then he has to you have to almost immediately like throw him into a program and like you look at what mm. they was essentially set up for the car for um for uh revolution. I don't know if he's the right fit to put him in there in a match right right now. Like you're probably better off if he shows up, given also with the Candace uh pregnancy going uh going on, like he might be best suited to actually show up in Orlando for a revolution because you know, Orlando, mm. NXT, full cell, all that that's all still there, he's still located there. Like that's probably the best place to put them logistically and also fit, integrating them into AEW's television and programming going forward and like define where he fits after that. So like I wasn't shot necessarily shocked or disappointed that he didn't show up. It oh, just would have yeah. been cool. Yeah, and for me the Dan Housen thing more than made up for it, and it's it's taken all of the buzz. <laughs> that was so, <laughs> so silly. <laughs> oh, it's not going to get less silly from here. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a great yeah, dynamite. Of what is <laughs> Anyway, uh, with that I say uh, thank you for watching, liking, engaging in any form, any manner. Always appreciate it. Never take it for granted. Uh, and I will be back for the Royal Rumble this this Saturday. Who is getting their ticket to WrestleMania? And will we be will we be sitting here? Would I be sitting here at like five in the morning, disappointed? 
thinking it's fine or whatever. It's so up in the air. It, <laughs> we Who knows? <laughs> it's the, one of the most unpredictable Royal Rumbles. And I mean that in terms of just the title matches as well, not just the Rumbles themselves. There's so many different roads and so many that I personally feel like are the complete wrong roads to take. <laughs> but <laughs> it's a, we'll see. We'll see. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you're... Uh, I was well, doing the show uh, with uh, Rance like two weeks ago talking about the good in WWE. I was just like, you've got an opportunity to, I, I'm not, I don't mean literally, but to Sam Martino a champion, as in solidify a champion and have him be that, have that run for a really long time. I don't mean Sam Martino length. <laughs> I just mean to, WWE don't really have solidified champions in terms of like a really long period of dominance. Reigns is the first person in a really long time they could legit do it with. And by that I mean that even just one more year as champion, or at least to SummerSlam, because they've not built anybody up to any level to defeat him. So, and Bot Lesnar just means we're doing the same cycle again. <laughs> so, yes. it's, it's it's funny that you mentioned the San Martino thing, because like the San Mar- like WWE was built off the face of like San Martino, Hogan, mm. Austin, Rock, Savage, and you know, in uh, Cena, and it's like. They all had these super long runs, but like they were all doing this as baby faces, heroes. Mm-hmm. Like Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, like they've recently gotten this kick of like, hey, like we we're a company that does nothing but disappoint our fans by giving them the over uh, an overabundance of heat. Let's let's you know what? Let's make all of our top champions, the biggest stars, heels. Let's mm-hmm. make Becky Lynch a heel. Like, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I don't know what, what happened to the DNA of this company, but like it is, it, it, this is not the company I grew up watching and loving. <laughs> <laughs> and like Roman Reigns, like you're saying, like yeah, give him the same Martino mm. run, like. But but he was a hero. He's a despicable <laughs> villain for two years on top. Okay, sounds depressing. Sign us up. Cool. Oh, he haven't had enough. Um, Dick Togo running finishers. Oh oh yeah, for years. <laughs> yeah, I, look, the, the BS reasons for him to retain. <laughs> it's gonna get worse. I somewhere. think it's a. I think it's unfair to do that. Like Dick Togo in Pasta Torture is the is so much worse than like whatever oh, Roman Reigns is doing. Oh, so yeah. much worse. Like, put... so, that's un- <laughs> like don't like it's unfair mm. to Roman Reigns as a man to say that like they're they're doing it as bad oh, yeah. as Dick Togo and them are. It's just... <laughs> I, ge- I, generally, I generally count Roman Reigns right now as like one of the I know it's an AW review but I'm saying Roman Reigns generally is for me in the one and one or two spot in terms of like at the top right now and uh, for him to lose this Sunday at, this Saturday at SummerSlam for me, it's a huge mistake, but they oh, he's, I... they might do it, and he might win the Rumble to set up a match against Lesnar. <laughs> it's just like you don't need to do this. <laughs> uh, you don't need you don't need it. I, I I suggested the idea because it's in Saudi Arabia. The idea of Brock Lesnar in the Elimination Chamber. That said, I suddenly remembered. Wait, Brock's not going to take any of those bumps. No, <laughs> of course not. <laughs> But I like the idea, just the advertising idea of... Because, of course, people are sceptical about the Saudi shows anyway. But if you say, well, Lesnar's in the chamber, suddenly <laughs> there's, a, there's a big advertising reason to maybe even check it out. Um, like, have Big E win the Rumble and face Lashes. It's fine. Like, that's <laughs> that's fine. Yes, Lashley... Yes, Big E has not been hyped up at all since losing the title. Yes, he's not been on TV for two or three weeks. But it's WWE. None of that matters. It's fine. <laughs> Just give him the win. Just say he's on a roll. They do that all the time. <laughs> like they were saying, the uh, well, the NXT champions, they've got a lock on this division. And they look like they've not defended the title since they won them in, <laughs> like, November or something. Ridiculous. <laughs> so, yeah, when you say they've got it on lock, yeah, they're not having any challenges. Is that the meaning of lock that you meant? <laughs> they've generally locked them off. No one can challenge for them. 
Uh, anyway, I'm, I realise I could go on a massive tangent and I'm meant to be wrapping up the show. <laughs> so I will be covering, up the, covering the Royal Rumble this Saturday. I'm, I'm happy for it. I love the Royal Rumble. It's my favourite WWE pay-per-view without question. I always have fun with it, even if I don't enjoy the actual Royal Rumble itself. Like I, I personally didn't massively enjoy the Royal Rumbles of 2019 where Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins won, but they got the right winners. So, so it's a... It's a it's a toss-up. Sometimes when they get it completely wrong, like worst case scenario, those back-to-back years of 2014-15, we can't get any lower than that. Like you can always deliver an average one, like 2017, or one that doesn't. For me, the the clusterfuck in GCW has really shown how to make that kind of idea of a match just feel just convoluted and by the end tiresome and nothing. <laughs> it's just like it, the name fits perfectly because at the end of it you go, oh yeah, that was a bit of a clusterfuck. <laughs> it's just like you're not saying that in a positive way. But then the next year I'm excited for it again. <laughs> it's like, I don't know how they do it. It's really weird. It makes no sense. Uh, Roy Rumble generally it sometimes is incredible. Sometimes it's air and rarely is gen- like a bad kind of delivery which we got in 2014 and 15. And I reckon... Well, I was about to say, oh, my main light's just gone off. <laughs> that's interesting. Right. That's probably telling me it's time for... Oh, turn back on now. Right. It's yeah, time me... to go home. Yeah, time to go home. Wrap this up. Wrap this up. I've only got... What's... Yeah, I can time, this time light to get finished <laughs> So I... <laughs> I've no idea what this looks like because I've got a delay on the stream I see on YouTube. <laughs> so anyway, I will be back on Saturday next. That's it, yes. Oh, that looks awful. <laughs> See it happen. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I say goodbye. Thank you for listening and watching. And James says... Later. <laughs>